This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition. Only on BFM 89.9. A very good evening to you. It's Caroline and Sherrod keeping you company on Talkback. And this evening, we're going to be discussing the refugee situation, more specifically, the current Rohingya refugee crisis. Now, as we know, since 2015, right, there's been a mass migration of the Rohingya community uh, from Myanmar's Rakhine State. Recent estimates on numbers who have fled are pretty significant. So the last BBC report uh, put it down to 379,000 Rohingyas who have fled uh, to Bangladesh since the violence escalated last month. Because th- this number actually pales in comparison to Syria's exodus some five years ago. The Syrian conflict displaced some 5.1 million citizens mm. and saw many European countries bickering about what should be done, from issues of housing and logistics to national security and cultural integration, even the question of misinformation. Now, many countries saw a very strong pushback from their own citizens, uh, Caroline, uh, yep. with the perception that uh, this uh, exodus of refugees would bring increased crime and also a burden on social services. Yeah, and I, I think just for Malaysians and uh, the whole Rohingya situation, it's not a story uh, that we're unfamiliar with, right? So over the years, mainstream media has highlighted their plight, albeit sporadically, but over the years, that's changed quite a bit. So just last week, the discussion went pretty mainstream uh, when a protest outside the Myanmar embassy turned ugly. About 155 demonstrators were arrested in the process and as we know, the demonstration resulted in a massive traffic jam that took hours to clear. Yeah, in fact, uh, many Malaysians uh, was shaken and inconvenienced uh, m- more precisely by this uh, yeah. and social media all but erupted. Now, many express a distrust uh, of the Rohingya community, calling them to be deported from the country, uh, while many others, uh, you know, equal number perhaps, uh, saying that they we should express sympathy and compassion for these people. Now, political parties, of course, have also been in the mix. They, they rallied last December. Uh, again, this year with the uh, Amno Youth Chief Kari Jamaluddin leading a protest against the atrocity some two weeks ago. But yesterday, the Srawat Chief Minister, Dato Abang Johari Oping, flatly said he would oppose any attempts to bring the Rohingya to Sarawak. Okay, so essentially that is what we would like to discuss this evening to get a candid gauge of where you stand on the situation. Um, we've seen this discussion go pretty mainstream, especially since the traffic jam, because, you know, it does take a traffic jam before we're concerned about some things here in Malaysia. That's the way it works. So we're asking you whether or not you would be willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Malaysian society. Do you think we should do more to integrate them or do you think that they should be deported? I mean, also, if it were a different community of refugees, uh, would your answer change? So we'd like you to share your thoughts with us uh, by calling this number 0377109000. You can also text 018789 You can WhatsApp that number as well. Or you can tweet us at BFM Radio. Yeah, so far, some of the numbers that we've gotten from the poll, the Twitter poll, showing that two-thirds of people say they care about what happens to the Rohingya community. So, clearly a compassionate lot they are. A third say they don't care, but maybe we need more nuance than that. People have to say exactly what they mean when they say they don't care. Do they not have the resources, yeah. the time, the energy uh, to care in, in material ways? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we certainly did see a very strong reaction, right, uh, on social media. I saw some really um, impassioned responses 
responses to, um, I guess, uh, to, to the uh, protests outside the embassy? Yeah, so the, the protests actually happened uh, before as the, the protesters came. They were bussed in from many parts of Malaysia. They wanted to march to the embassy. They didn't actually get to the embassy yet. Mm-hmm. So they were in that Ampang area, you know, near the, the station. I think what is very crucial to, to understand in that case is that people felt that uh, the Rohingya shouldn't shouldn't uh, put us at a disadvantage. They shouldn't inconvenience Malaysians mm. who have been compassionate, who have been welcoming. Yeah, but even that is debatable. Have we necessarily been compassionate and welcoming? I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the news pieces that have come out through the year, uh, throughout the years, rather, um, it doesn't really feel as though we've, we've had a sympathetic approach at all. Well, uh, I think that there's uh, some nuance in that picture, which is that uh, they, they have been here for several decades now because the problem in Rakhine State is a long-standing one, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and there have been instances where we allow them to to survive in the city. You know, it might not be the best approach, but it's not like uh, we have uh, prevented them from crossing into the borders. Right. So uh, crossing the borders into Malaysia. Into rather. Malaysia. Yeah. Okay. The number to call is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand to answer this question. Are you willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of uh, Malaysian society? And on the line is our first caller. It's Stephen, who says that he doesn't agree uh, with them uh, coming over here. Hi, Stephen. Thank you very much for uh, joining us on the show. Would you care to elaborate? Hi. Good evening, guys. Evening. Uh, now. Put religion aside, right? Mm. There are too many conflicting stories about accepting these people mm. from both sides. Some are saying they're bad, some they are saying they're good, but they're being oppressed. Do we really want this type of people in our country? Well, um, from what you, from I, from what I understand, you, you, you don't think uh, that you would want them in the country. Would you care to explain why, so that we can have a better understanding? It's conflicting. Uh, the, the the stories about them are conflicting. What, so, exa- what exactly do you mean? Uh, some are saying they are rebels. Some are saying they are terrorists. Some are saying uh, they are bad people. But then you've got conflicting stories. No, they're just being oppressed by their own government. Well, you know, I, I think what is clear, the, the story that we're getting both from both sides of the conflict uh, suggests that, that there is, in fact, a militant group and they were involved in attacking security posts. But the actions and the reactions of the uh, Myanmar state was to target everybody. So it wasn't just targeting combatants, the militants, but it was, in fact, going against the entire population. And this has to be put in context uh, of a history, a long history of oppression of the uh, the kind people. So I, I think actually, Stephen, to be fair, uh, the, the world opinion is largely with the, the Rakhine uh, uh, Rohingya refugees which is, and, and not with the Myanmar government. But which is why uh, it's important to hear uh, from Stephen. So Stephen, you say you don't want them here um, and you say that there are very uh, conflicting bits of information that are coming your way. Can you explain why, you, why you've decided that you don't want them around? Don't we have enough people to take care of of our, of our own, which we haven't? Hmm. Well, that's a very interesting opinion, right? Because so I we need to start with ourselves? Wait, wait, yeah. We need to, because I travel a lot with my car. Hmm. I've seen on the ground that we need more. We, we ourselves need help more. And are you afraid? And are you concerned about the lack of resources, perhaps? So you're saying that if we don't have the resources to help ourselves, how can we help others? Is that your concern? Correct. But Stephen, would you consider Malaysia a reasonably affluent and rich and uh, a society that has resources? Yes, but 
down to the people on the ground that needs our help, that needs their help, not going enough. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, do keep those calls coming in. Uh, we're asking you today whether or not you are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Malaysian society. Uh, do you think we should do more to integrate them? Do you think they should be deported? Um, we have on the line Ryan, uh, who would like to uh, share his experience. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Hi there. We're doing well. Thank you very much. So how do you feel about this? All right. First of all, just uh, give you a context, uh, give you a context yeah, about my background. Mm-hmm. I have... Uh, I'm sorry? Okay, Ryan, are you still there? Camp. Sorry? Ryan, sorry, we lost you for a minute. Um, you were going to give some context into your background. Yeah, okay. I I have uh, tutorship experience right. for the uh, Rohingya community in KL. Basically, okay. it's like a UN refugee camp, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been there a couple of times. And so I get to know them a little. All right? Yep. So, you know, they, they are okay, but the thing is that uh, as a compassionate-wise, yes, we can help them. We can help some of them, but mm-hmm. I got to say that we are not getting the cream of the crop, if you know what I mean. What, in terms uh, of, would you like to elaborate on that, please? I mean, because so obviously we're talking about uh, a community, um, you know, th- that has um, this runover that requires help that um, is being prosecuted. So um, what exactly do you mean when you say cream, cream of the crop? Meaning, you know, um, yes, we can help them in the humanitarian basis. Maybe, uh, say, ten, twenty thousand people, just a rough, just, just uh, on top of my head. But it's like for them to be able to contribute to our society. I don't think, uh, in the medium term or the medium term, they won't. Right. Are you, are you thinking perhaps um, like Singapore, uh, for example, where you're looking at uh, professionals coming into the country? Uh, to contribute to society, not not that kind of level professionals, but at least basic education. But they don't have it. You get what I mean? They are very, very, very uh, on the low side of the education. Put it this way, I don't blame them. All right, but it's like you know when when you when you talk to the, when you are there, then you see that. Well, I pity them. You know, I want to help them, but to take in more of them, it will really be a burden for us because they can't contribute to our society in the time being. In the next five or ten years, they can't. We need to integrate them. It will take a too, too much time. Well, actually, what's very fascinating about uh, your position, Ryan, I commend you for doing the volunteer work because it's, it's so few of us do it. Mm-hmm. Many of us take positions, very strong positions, liberal positions, uh, and then but never put uh, our money where our mouth is uh, on that score. So, you know, kudos to you for that. The other side of it is that the Prime Minister, I think, when talking about Syrian refugees, said they would take 3,000 of them. And remember, they've talked about getting professional Syrians who are a part of the refugee community. Yeah. So maybe that's the, the, the fact that our political leaders speak in terms of talent among the refugee community perhaps has also been quite confusing for people who don't recognize maybe different types of, uh, you know, migration policies, that you, as you might, you know, you might call it that. So uh, it, is it fair to ask refugees to be the cream of the crop coming with education to contribute to our society? Is that a fair demand to make of them? No, I don't think so. It's not fair at all because... They don't have the basic education. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not looking at engineers, doctors. No, no. But at least if, I mean, to put it, if you want to really compare uh, 
the Indonesians will do better. Hmm. You can, I mean, all the Bangladeshis will do better. But uh, for them, it's really much far behind. Right. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts uh, with us, Ryan. Um, so I think you know it's, it's a long game, isn't it? Yeah, but when you mention Indonesia, it's interesting because the Indonesians aren't coming here as refugees. I mean, they're not, uh, largely speaking, uh, in a situation where they're fleeing their country. This economic is economic migrants. Th- yeah, yeah. Th- this is a situation where people are being forced to leave their homes and their, you know, and their li- uh, livelihoods. Right. Talkback continues in just a little bit. Keep those calls coming in on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. We're asking you today whether or not you. You are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Malaysian society. Stay with us on Talkback BFM 89.9. Time for the four T's. Tweet, text, talk, Talkback on BFM 89.9. You can also WhatsApp, of course, 018-789-8899. And the number to call to have your say is 03-7710-9000. It's Caroline and Sherrod with you on Talkback Thursday, asking you whether or not you are willing to accept the Rohingya community uh, as part of Malaysian society. We've had two calls so far um, who have said they do not want them uh, integrated. Um, on the line now, we have Lee. Hi, Lee. What are your thoughts on uh, the situation? Hi, how are you? Good evening. Evening. Okay. Uh, for my opinion, okay, I'm Clang, okay, I'm Lee. Mm. Our government for the past two decades, uh, two past 20 years, they can't even handle the foreign worker. Mm. Our foreign worker policy for the past 20 years, up and down, never ever have a, ever complete set of rule and regulation to how to manage, mitigate all these foreign worker policy. Now we want to take the refugee. Yeah, you have Come a point on. there. You have you absolutely have a Come point on. there. Our government, please, please do our clean our own bed yard first before we're helping other people. Yeah, That's I think this uh, Lee, can I ask you, do you remember the Vietnamese boat people uh, problem that we had in the mid seventies? Do you remember that when uh, thousands of Vietnamese fleeing uh, South Vietnam came and they and, were and we housed. Them on, no no we actually we kept them. We <laughs> let them stay on Pulau Bido. Do you remember that? That, that period, I think our Malaysian society not not is very pure, not yet complicated like nowadays. Nowadays different. Nowadays is totally different from the past. From the past, because now all the you know all the communication, everything is so advanced. You no, know? and then I, from my point of view, I'm a small businessman. I'm 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 also now a hired a foreign worker. Right. Well, I'm I'm doing business for the last thirty years already. So our government the foreign worker policy they never have a fixed rule to how to handle it. Now so, they want but, to handle Lee, this is refugees. not about foreign workers. I, I'm so this how how they gonna take care of all these refugees. Uh, so, so there's a separate issue, right? If, if I told you, Lee, that one of the children from the, uh, that who was on Pulau Bidong uh, grew up in America and became an academic, is now teaching at a university in South uh, Vietnam or in, in Ho Chi Minh society, would you be surprised that, that refugees, because we provided them care at one point in their lives, can become successful individuals? Do you think it was worth for the Malaysian government to do that? If you talk about in terms of education, um, our education, I don't. Okay, in some one part is good, but in other part, I, my our Malaysian government education, I don't want to say about bad. Also, some good, but our education system, to be honest, still, is still far away to 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 be good. So, for my personal experience, education, our Malaysia is not quite good. And then, 
I totally disagree to take that refugee. All right. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate that, Lee. So um, he's saying that, you know, we've, we've made a mess of policies uh, surrounding, I suppose, migration. Also makes a point um, that um, our education system perhaps isn't exactly up to par um, where we can build the type of citizens that we want. Or even help people. But let's look at some of the messages that come in, Caroline. Uh, We've had a whole range. There's one position which says, what kind of human votes no? Says, I don't care about refugees, right? So that's one extreme. The other extreme is, well, I agree with Stephen, take care of uh, Malaysians first. So that comes from Goshen 59. There are also people in the middle. They say, I care, but all I can do is donate. So there are people who are kind of nuanced position when it comes to what they can do, what does the what does caring actually mean? All right. So someone with a concrete position is Anal, who is on the line right now, uh, and you can call in as well. Seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number. Anal, you're saying that we should let them in. Um, tell us what you think. I think we should let them in because we are a population of thirty million, mm-hmm. half of whom are Muslims. Even if you resettle hundred thousand Rohingyas in this country. It is still less than half a percent. Mm. And if you look at the history of the Arakan region, the Rakhine region, and Patani and north of Kedah, the people are not too different from each other. Ethnically, I think they are all somewhat related. In fact, there are places in Arakan which actually carry Malay names mm. or variations thereof. Yeah. So we are talking about resettling of people who are probably similar to Malays in a, in a sense. You know, they may not be uh, Malays, but uh, we are talking about people who are not too alien to us. And if a generation, they will be assimilated totally. In fact, probably they will be able to assimilate into this country better than the Chinese and Indians have. Hmm. So, I think... Uh, that's why I'd like to take a contrarian view. Sure, sure. I know the callers earlier actually said our government is unable to handle things. These people have not seen how our services work um, when it comes to uh, and uh, absolutely, we, I mean, I mean, the idea is to get all different views or as many different viewpoints as we can. Yeah, yeah. Anal, can I ask you? Do you think we should uh, look at the identity of those individuals? Because we've had and taken on uh, people from the Bosnian conflict, or we have taken people from Syria. We said we'd take three thousand, perhaps less controversial. It seems that for, there's something about the Rohingya people that is a kind of lightning rod. Do you think we should discriminate in terms of origins or cultural differences? I, if you ask me, basically, people tend to think, you know, one of the early callers mentioned about we are getting not the cream of the society. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people mistake the color of the skin uh, as reflecting one's civility. Mm-hmm. There are good and bad people in every society. Just because you're dark skin doesn't mean you cannot be a good citizen. Indeed. I'm sure the, the refugees consist of real poor people, there will also be some opportunities, some criminals, yes, but we can review each and every one of them. You know, when we issue identity cards to them, we will interview and decide who should be given temporary stay, who can be actually assimilated as citizens of this country eventually. All right. Thank we you very much. Yep. how Sorry. magnanimous we are. Now, can I say, uh, you know, if 
this government accepts 100,000 refugees and resettles them in this country, can the UN turn around and say Malaysia is not a good country? You know, you talk about Pulau Bidong. At the time, Mahathir actually had uh, the boat people, uh, after being refueled, uh, sent back into the sea to sail to Australia, for instance. Yeah. Do we want to be known of, as that kind of people or do we want to be known as people who care? Yep, certainly pertinent questions, and I appreciate uh, um, uh, that call, Anal. Thank you very much. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number to call, asking you today whether or not you are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Malaysian society. On the line, we have Bill. Hi, Bill. Um, so you're saying we have enough of them? Would you like to elaborate? Yeah, we've had enough of foreigners in this country. Mm. Look, um, there are areas in in Kuala Lumpur that you go down to, and you find Bangladeshi people. And you feel like an outsider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, take the Pasaborong, for instance. You've got gangs, thuggish people running the entire show at the Pasaborong complex. How do I know this? Because I've been there several times. There was a, there is a, I, was, I responded, uh, some people and I responded to a posting on Facebook uh, several months ago. And uh, it called for, it asked for food items to be donated to this uh, madrasa, which was... Uh, um, run for the benefit of Rohingya children. All right. Mm-hmm. So we we collected the food items and the rice and the tin food and everything, and we off we went. And I'll tell you what I saw. Mm. I saw children between the ages of five and uh, in their teens, late teens, sitting down. And what were they doing? They're not learning anything except they are learning uh, by rote religious texts. Okay, no English. No uh, common, uh, uh, any, any, no uh, syllabus of any uh, exam or anything like that. It doesn't matter whether they're not going to sit for the exam. But the fact is, there were no living skills being taught either. When I asked the people running it, they said, oh, you know, uh, we feel this is important. And uh, it leaves you wondering, what assimilation will they be doing? Yes, they might get to go to government school. I believe there are a lot of Bangladeshi students now who are already in government schools. But the fact is, we need to look after our own backyard. I strongly disagree with your previous caller who said that, oh, they are, they are related to Malay, Malaysians and all. They are absolutely not. Because just because the names are similar, the names are Muslim names, that's fine. You know, but I think, and, and, um, and you made a reference to uh, Pula Bidong. I remember it very well. Um, it was sometime, it started in the 70s, 79, I think. And then it went on to the 80s. And I used to see busloads of these people uh, being taken to hospitals for their medical, down, right down here in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, sharing that with us. Um, uh, Bill, I appreciate uh, your calling in. It, it is an interesting topic and um, we would like to pick up, but we have the news coming up in just a bit. So stay tuned and uh, keep those calls coming in on 77109000. It's Talk Back Thursday, BFM 89.9. Hey, you. Yes, you. You you in the car. Yes, 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 you. I'm talking to you. It's time for Talk Back. So hands-free car kits at the ready. Yes? Good. Let's talk back on BFM 89.9.
Yes, let's. It's Talk Back and uh, Caroline and Sherrod with you here on the Evening Edition. And we're asking you today whether or not you are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Malaysian society. Um, we've had a couple of calls uh, so far. I think um, four out of five Malaysians have called in so far saying that uh, they're not willing um, to, or I suppose, integrate them into greater society. 0377109000 is the number to call to chime in if you'd like. And on the line right now, we have Gopal. Uh, thank you very much for holding the line, Gopal. You think we should accept them. Uh, tell us why. Uh, well, I think we should not just accept them. We should welcome them with open arms and take in as many as we can, as much as we can afford it. And do you, and do you understand the positions taken by earlier callers that we've had? So four out of five, as I said, uh, don't want them in the country. Well, I think the other callers are not really in looking at this from a from a big issue you know we're living uh, on a planet that is dying you know we 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 need as many people as we can and telling uh, saying things like they are not the cream of the crop or or what they they don't they lack education that's all bullshit well i i think right these these people when we came you know we are all what we we what when we were born we were we started running or what? No, these people are poor people. They are being chased they, they're being driven out of their country. Mm. They need something that they need. They need help. We need to be uh, uh, global in our approach. You know, we need to be more humanitarian. You know, don't just look at this from a religious point of view. Don't look at this because they are poor. They got nothing to contribute. They don't have skills. What the Malaysian government and the Malaysian people and the Malaysian businesses need to do is to work together, come up with a plan, allocate resources. The Malaysian people, I believe, are more than willing to contribute as well, each and every one of us, mm-hmm. to give each and every refugee, no matter from which country, what nationality, what race, what religion, train them up, give them the basic skill, identify industries that need them, place them in these industries send their children for education, we might have the next Stephen Hawking, we might have the next Carl Sagan. You know, we we can never say, right? We need these people. We need as many people as, as we can. America started this way. United Nations, the the Israel when they when when they achieved their independence or when they got what they wanted in nineteen forty seven, I think, they started they did this. You know, we should be be copying this, you know, the good things. Copy the good things. Bring in the people. Bring in more brains into the country. Well, Gopal, very interesting. I mean, the actually the opinion is quite divided uh, when it comes to the kind of feedback we've gotten on WhatsApp. There are people who are saying, remember, let's make the distinction between economic migrants and refugees. Let's get our concepts clear. Of course, there are other people who are saying that and they're looking at our own, uh, reflecting on our own capacities and saying we haven't done enough for our own people. And that seems to be also a legitimate concern. But when we look at the Twitter poll, we see that uh, two-thirds of people do care about the Rohingya community as a whole. Uh, only one-third say they don't care. And in fact, we, we still don't know what that not caring means. Do they feel that, you know, they just can't help? And that's a different kind of not caring rather than being, uh, you know, uh, indifferent to somebody's suffering, which is another order of, uh, of sentiment, I think. Right. Hey, Gopal, uh, do most of your friends feel the same way? Well, everybody in my office feels the same way. Uh, I think it's part of being the human race. So that's that's my that's what I think about it, you know. And by the way, the guy who's renovating my house right now is a Rohingya, so he's doing a good, damn good job. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. And, okay. he's, and he's supporting his family, so it's cool. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Um, you know, I feel that working with contractors can be a nightmare. So anyway, 0377109000 is the number to call asking you whether or not you are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of our Greater Malaysian Society. On the line, we have Sue, um, legal aid with UNHCR, I believe. Hi, Sue. Hi, I'm actually a lawyer. I did my legal aid a couple of years ago in UNHCR. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I believe that people who say they don't care or they don't want, they don't really know what refugee means or like what is it like to be persecuted from your own home country and that they have to flee. I don't think they are educated in terms of like what is a refugee and what do they go through? All right. Well, given given the opportunity to do that now, I suppose, Sue, so what would you say uh, for um, for others who you don't feel have that kind of understanding to be able to empathize? I think they definitely need to be educated first. For those who say that, you know, they are like uh, problems in terms of criminals or thugs or even say that they, they don't contribute economically, I feel like these people or like uh, this society, this part of the society should go and like um, volunteer at UNHCR or even um, at Dignity because I, I, I do have a friend, um, he was a barber and then he went around first um, cutting hair for the homeless. Then he realized that he could contribute more by teaching refugee kids how to cut hair. Like so that they could build up on that career and, and, and you know, make money out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he what he understood first was who are refugees and what do they need and in order to survive in a, in a place where you know they came to take refuge they need to have certain skills and some of them do have that skills but they don't know how to go about and you know using those skills right so we as a community we need to give certain platforms for them to actually show that and how do they show that by for, by us actually assimilating them into our community. If you say that, you know, we need to look at our own backyards, that is the problem with execution of policies and not exactly blaming the refugees for right. it. Right. I totally agree with Gopal. We are human race. We need, to, we need to do what we can to help others, not just shutting down people who need our help. Right. So, do you think, uh, by and large, Malaysians are a compassionate lot? They are. They just don't know who they're dealing with. They're comparing um, refugees with Migrants. I'm sorry, economic migrants. So I think that's the biggest flaw. All right. Thank you very much for that, Sue. I appreciate your calling in. 0377109000 is the number to call asking you today whether or not you're willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Greater Malaysian Society. On the line, we have Tana who says uh, we must first, uh, they must first be integrated as Malaysians. Uh, would you like to elaborate? Hi. Hi. I think. I think if you post the question to any relation, we, we want foreigners to come in, and the answer will be, yes, we are caring and want to get them in. Mm-hmm. And the issue is not so much with the Rohingyas. The problem is with the government or with society at large because we have failed miserably integrating immigrants to our society, whether it be Indonesians or be workers, whether it be Rohingyas, whether it be whatever community they are from. Uh, they are good, they are bad, they are educated. We need workers. And it's all given. The issue is not about the, the uh, immigrants. The issue is about how we integrate them to us. We are not giving uh, proper training. We are not getting them uh, upright. We are hoping the NGOs are the ones who are doing all this work. The government is not getting involved. The government doesn't talk to say, you know what, we are getting people in, but what happens thereafter? 
Tana, do you think, because uh, a lot of opinions are that we're not doing enough for Malaysians, do you think it's a zero-sum game? Can we help Malaysians as well as others, or do we have to do Malaysians first before we help others? Well, I'm, I'm Indian, and I feel my government doesn't love me. That's a fact. And I, I grew up with that fact from day one, and I, I know that i got to love myself to find ways for me to love myself. The government doesn't love me. Mm. But the, 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 the problem is, not only the government doesn't love me, the government is giving problems to other people, like immigrants who are coming in here. They're bringing them in here to worse, I mean, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to hell not as equal to where they come from, but it, indeed it's the hell for them. What they go through is, is so uh, small feet. So the problem is, we are not prepared as a country. We are teenagers. We're not prepared as a country to bring in them and integrate society. So before you go and bring someone in, get your story straight. How are you going to bring them in? What are they going to do? Where are they going to stay? Um, what is the plan here? Is it, you know? is it fair to say that what, you, what you're trying to get at is if you want to bring them in, do it properly and do it right? Exactly. All we have here with Indonesians, with Rohingyas, whatever society, we have Burmese. All the mess today we see is because the government not getting involved. Because the stabbings in the uh, Pasaborong, Salayang, why did it happen? Because the government brought them in and then they have no more to do. Or what they do? They become thugs. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your calling in, Tana. 0377109000 is the number to call to answer this question, whether or not you are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of a Malaysian society. On the line, we have Al, who says we should allow them to come in. Hi, Al. What are your thoughts? Hi. Um, so my thought is we, we, we have to allow them to come in. This is, this is, this is about humanity. This is humanitarian um, aid. They are, they are facing genocide there in Burma and it is unfair for us just to uh, deny their entry here. Uh, they, 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 we, need, we need to help them in some, some, some way or not. Well, Al, do you think so we... Uh, Al, some people are saying that we really don't have the resources. There's so many Malaysians who are suffering because of the high cost of living and other issues that are honestly issues that are not being addressed, that we should address those first before we address the question of foreign refugees. Different issue altogether because we have we are we are, we are facing kita di kesusahan sekarang kat depan kita tapi kita tak nak bantu kita tengah fikir pasal benda-benda lain kita nak fikir pasal okay kita kena senangkan orang kita dulu lah apa lah that is the different issue hmm. saya juga dengar tadi an issue where they say that if we if we let them come in there will be attacks and gangster and whatsoever that is also a different issue if that's the issue then you tangani that issue this is a humanitarian issue that they're, they're being killed yeah. like for God's sake they're being killed and you want to deny them entry here. We are, we, are, we, are, we are Malaysian. We, we don't supposed to think like that. We, we, we should think ahead. Come on. Come on, guys. Al, do you think if our government, instead of getting them to come here, invest in those refugee camps and do humanitarian aid in Bangladesh, help the Bangladeshi government uh, without necessarily involving um, you know, those refugees coming here, would that be a better solution? Whatever solution that there are that will help them... Uh, we, 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 should, we, should, we should propose to that. All right. Thank you very much, um, Al. Uh, certainly a very impassioned argument there. Uh, 0377109000 is the number to call. Talk back Thursday with Caroline and Sherrod asking you today whether or not you're willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of a greater Malaysian society. Do keep those calls coming in. BFM 89.9. Time for the four T's. Tweet, text, talk, 
Talk back on BFM 89.9. And the number to do that is 0377109000. You can WhatsApp 0187898899. Also tweet us at BFM Radio. Are you willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Malaysian society? Caroline and Sharad with you with Yazid on the line who says that refugees are indeed good for us. Hey, Yazid, thank you very much for holding the line. Um, any thoughts? I think uh, we are a country that is built upon immigrants. So our success uh, to where we are right now is because we accept immigrants and we accept people of all colors and races. Mm. Now, uh, the thing that I feel that now that we are successful, now we are in our own country, then we have double standards and saying, no, no one else should come in. And it shouldn't be that case. And having said that, refugees is actually a very good source of economic growth. Because uh, unlike uh, economic migrants or in fact expatriates, if the conditions are not good enough for them, they'll just stay to somewhere else. But with refugees, if you accept them, they don't have anywhere else to go. They will put their very best effort to actually uh, make up something of themselves and also the country as well and the country benefits. Yes, it, a lot of people are saying because that this, uh, this uh, investment in refugees will take a long term to yield benefits. Uh, you know, agreeing with you, there might be benefits, but it will take a long time. And they're saying their priorities for the country, the, the Orang Asli community, you know, the other issues that we have, people are suffering from, you know, high cost of living. Why isn't the government focused on that? Why they focus on helping refugees? I mean, these are many issues that, that needs to be tackled. I mean, um, a high cost of living is probably because uh, we don't have enough cheap, uh, enough cheap labor. I mean, uh, if we are refugees, you can have uh, better cheap labor and probably decrease the cost of living as well. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that, that, that can be considered. And these, these things are actually not related to, to refugees and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, refugees, is, it's, it's actually a, 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 a good uh, a good manpower to boost the economy. I mean, if we have problems in, in meeting the 3D jobs, for example, we have refugees to help us. I mean, uh, I mean, this is, refugee is actually one of the solutions to all the problems that we have here in Malaysia. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And, you know, one more thing is the fact that it isn't necessarily a zero-sum game. It doesn't mean that if you work or focus on one issue that you can't focus on another and that things need to happen concurrently. In fact, well, we have a tweet coming in. It says, if your neighbor's house is on fire and they flee for their lives, w- would you A, let them into your house, B, send them away, C, send them to a shelter? <laughs> very interesting. Uh, Haziz Berry is, is you know, putting that kind of options before us. Right. Um, once again, that number is 0377109000. Shannon on the line saying, uh, accept them. Uh, hi, Shannon. Thanks very much for calling. What are your thoughts? Uh, hi. I'm uh, very much in favour of accepting the refugees here because they face very real atrocities back in their home country. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we can uh, choose the location that we were born in. Uh, not everyone gets the privilege to be born into a nation that provides all these benefits like education and a chance to actually better yourself. Uh, Shannon, would you accept that in trying to integrate people, we are going to have a potentially a messy situation? Uh, if they come in large enough numbers, they will bring with them perhaps uh, norms and practices that we are not used to. Are you willing to accommodate them? Would you allow for large numbers of people to be re- you know, housed in your own neighborhood? Who are really culturally different, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, we're already a very culturally diverse nation, so I don't see any problem with integrating these people into our society. 
And I feel like there's an inherent disconnect between uh, people looking at the situation. I feel like we should actually welcome them into our own homes if we have the means to house some refugees. It's not just a situation that the government needs to deal with. We have to actually take an active part in this as well and help uh, solve this situation as one nation, not just looking at the government or thinking of helping in just taxpayer money. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, 0377109000, we're asking you today uh, whether or not you'll be willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of a greater Malaysian society. On the line now, we have Mark, who says he's a fence sitter. Hey, Mark. Hi, hi. Um, Is it a painful all, position to be in, Mark, yes, sitting on the fence? Let me, let me tell you why. Yeah? I have deep sympathy and empathy with what is happening. Um, economics aside, uh, because if our country can invest $100 million in the United States, I believe that we can take in 100,000 refugees. But my concern is that uh, there were allegations that all these things happened because the Muslim, uh, I mean, the, there were allegations that they were terrorists. So, no, the alleg- to, uh, just to put you right on that, Mark, they are ter- there's a terrorist organization, a militant organization that's uh, developed as a result of a history of repression. But that's different from the 380,000 people that have fled across the border to Bangladesh. These are civilians that have been attacked, uh, most of them Rohingya Muslims, but also Buddhists and also Hindu communities that were attacked by the security forces in Burma. Just to put that, that's the that's correct picture of what's happened. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not I'm making assumptions that, that they are, but let me tell you what I think is that. Yes. Let's just say that the allegations are true, right? And they come into our country and they do terrorist acts and it harms the people of our country. And for those that strongly approve for them to be taken in, will we say that their blood is on their hands? Well, it's very interesting. The Deputy Home Minister, No Jasnan, has come out to be uh, to say precisely that Malaysia is concerned that terrorists or militant uh, elements might filter through. This was also an issue when Europe had the problem with uh, refugees. But there are ways to deal with it. Are you willing to accept that the government can deal with uh, the militant problem separately from the larger problem of refugees? Would you prefer prevention than cure? Hmm. It's very hard to answer uh, the, the topic that we have today, but I think the thing that everyone needs to do is to identify the root cause. How much longer do you think it's going to happen? Probably much longer. The refugees are going to keep coming. How many of them are they going to take? All right. Well, a couple of questions um, that he's throwing out there. Um, if you have any answers to that, feel free to call in on zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. On the line now, we have uh, Sonia who wants to share her experience as a humanitarian. Sonia, hi. Thanks very much for calling. Hi there. What say you? So I think that uh, refugees should definitely be allowed entry into Malaysia, specifically the Rohingya, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because of the history of violence and persecution that they've suffered over the course of the last few decades in, in northern Rakhine State. And if you look at the number of, of people who are fleeing the mass exodus of people from the northern Rakhine State into Bangladesh and other parts of the region uh, in the last few weeks, it is the numbers are devastating, and I think we have a responsibility as 
the international community, Malaysia is not only, while well, Malaysia has not signed on to the 1951 Convention in relation to the status of refugees, Malaysia is a party to the Bangkok Principles, which protects refugees, uh, which talks about the protection of refugees, as well as the principle of non-reformal, which means that we are not to send someone back to their country of origin if they are recognized as refugees. The Malaysian government is not determining status for refugees at the moment, but it is very important for the government to, to see the dichotomy between a refugee and, an, and a migrant. All right. Thank you very much uh, for sharing that with us, uh, Sonia. We have uh, now, very quickly, racing towards the finish line uh, before the news comes in at 7. Uh, Dennis on the line. Hi, Dennis. Your question is, what are we trying to prove? What do you mean by that? Yeah, okay. After 60 years of Madeka, there are still stateless citizens in our country. After 60 years of independence. And today, what are we trying to prove? We are going to the richest nation in the world and trying to help their economy. Whereas Saudis and Emiratis don't even bother about the Rohingya. So who are we to really be uh, so uh, generous? So what, you, what exactly are you saying? Are you saying that because other countries who are perhaps um, just better off than we are are not doing anything, that we should just put our legs up and, um, you know, relax as well? If, if people are talking about religious as an issue, religion as an issue here, then what is the Saudis and the Emirates doing? They are very rich countries, big countries as well. But is so are you setting your standards according to somebody else's complacency? Why not set our own standards and go ahead with what we believe are our Malaysian values? So what are we trying to prove? But basically basically if they agree if the Rohingyas are real and they're really being persecuted, we should open our doors to those genuine, genuine, genuine refugees. And we should not open up just because they are Muslims. Well, this is true, and I think the international agencies have already, I think... Uh, uh, are, know, are trying uh, to establish. Yeah, they have established. I mean, 380,000 people, this is not fake news. Uh, Edmund is on the line now. Edmund is a doctor, and he's thinking about medical costs uh, for the refugees. Edmund, uh, very quickly, we have about a minute to go before the news comes in. What are your thoughts? No worries, thank you. So, my thoughts is I have first-hand experience dealing with refugees in the camps, and I see that, you know, disease guys not seeing in Malaysian children, mm-hmm. for example, measles, right. um, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But it's very common for them to have measles because they do not have a proper vaccination program. And, you know, it's very good that Malaysians are very generous and very helpful when it comes to, you know, dealing with other people's problems. That's our general Malaysian values. But I think we have to always think, uh, think about our own capability because... Um, resources is not uh, infinite. If resources is infinite, that's the best. But um, because resources are not infinite, if you bring in a refugee and they start bringing in, you know, measles and TB and polio and, you know, all this disease. And can can healthcare actually sustain it? Yep, indeed. And I think a very pragmatic and important questions to be asking as well. Yeah, absolutely. But they, it's all a question of management. The, qu- the central question is our values. And I think th- we've seen a demonstration of that uh, this evening, Caroline. What are our core values as a nation? Yeah, uh, very much. Uh, I'd like to thank you for all your calls, your texts, your tweets. Um, you can keep on answering to our poll. You can tweet us at BFM Radio um, in answering that question, whether or not you um, are willing to accept the Rohingya community as part of Greater Malaysian Society. This has been Talkback on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes.
BFM 89.9, The Business Station.